Yo, 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 welcome back to From the Stands podcast. You're here with your podcaster, Sunny Somanagazam. I'm joined by my co podcast, Pendula Pips. <laughs> How can you forget my name? And, um, I'm not used to this thing, though. I'm not used to your name. It's like no, we're used touched. to this thing. No, I'm used to this thing. I'm used to being Pepsi. Okay. I'm used to you being Pepsi. Yeah. Okay. And I want to introduce you like formally, like properly, you know. Maybe I'll introduce myself next time. <laughs> here with my co-podcast, Pepsi Busanim. Um we are here with episode two, season two, back again, uh, from the Stan Sports Cast. Uh with this episode, what do we have, Pepsi? Please tell the people. Well, this episode we'll be looking back at um sporting moments that have um actually shaped um sports all around around the globe wait is that is, is that the actual thing they've shaped yeah well these moments have shaped sports don't you think okay i don't know if mine have really shaped sports they're just creating okay the audience the audience will be the judge of that but anyways <laughs> we're going to be looking at football rugby tennis formula one golf cricket olympics and boxing and some basketball and some basketball you know it's just for for the vibes for the vibes, the vibes, yeah, the vibes. for the american vibes you know what i'm saying you know. yeah so yeah like pepsi said this episode we're just looking at past sporting moments that we feel were very significant um moments that yeah you like in this period that we're in where there's like no sport at all you can just look back if you can go back watch a bit you know feel nostalgic and all of that um yeah moments that's, yeah, yeah nostalgic that's, moments. that's basically it so should we get into it yeah we should yeah let's go yeah sure so so basically the format of this like pepsi said we're gonna go football rugby cricket tennis formula one olympics basketball and then boxing yeah and it's gonna be one one each yeah um me and you have got three mo- like three moments each yeah and a bonus moment just in case but like i don't think we're gonna use that yeah um so we've got three moments per person uh do you want to go first or should i go first um Ching chong cha. No, ladies first. Let's go. Ching chong cha. No, ladies first. Ching chong cha. Ching chong cha. Okay. Cool. I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. Um. So kicking off with some football. Um. For me, my first sports, biggest sports, sporting moment of <clears throat> that I've ever witnessed ever since I was alive. Um. The Brazil defeat to Germany. Um, in 2014 World Cup. Keep in mind that Brazil did well in 2010 World Cup, in the 2010 World Cup. They finished third, right? They finished third, so they went out in the semis. So yeah, they beat Germany in the third and fourth place, yeah. fourth match. Yeah. yeah. So um, in the semis they lost. Well, in the semis they won to come third place, and then when they are hosting, um, they lose 7-0 to Germany. Okay. And they didn't even make it to quarterfinals. No, they made it. Wasn't uh-uh. wasn't that quarterfinal? They, they lost round of sixteen. Nah, you're joking. Nah. I swear. 
Nah, it was they lost quarterfinals. Was it quarterfinals? No, 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 they lost semi. It wasn't semis. No, it was seven no semis. They lost seven no semis because um Brazil had to play third and fourth. That's when Neymar came back. Oh yes, because he got the back injury. Yes. yes. Oh my um, god. I think Brazil played was it Colombia in the quarters? I think they played Colombia. With that amazing goal from Yames Rodriguez. Remember the one where he's No, no, I know another another goal. I'm just trying to think if it was that like if that game was against Brazil. That goal was against Brazil. No, I think it was against Chile. I think it's it was, Chile. yeah, it was somewhere, it was else. somewhere there. But I, I think I'm sure. Um, what's this? Brazil played Colombia in the quarters and then Germany in the semis without Neymar. And they, I think they all came out with like, oh, they were like warming up in Neymar's jerseys or something that bullshit like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Some sentimental bullshit. But 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 if you think about it, I've got a conspiracy to this. Have you noticed when you do well in the previous World Cup, the next World Cup you're going to do bad? Look at how Germany did well in 2014. They won the World Cup. Okay. And then come to 2018 World Cup when it were dismal. Okay, sure. They were bad. Who else? Um, Spain. Remember in the 2014 World Cup, they did bad. The 2010 World Cup, won they won it. Okay. Italy. 2006 World Cup, they won it. 2010 World Cup, they were dismal. So you're saying France in 2022 is going to be shit? The, there's a chance that they're not going <laughs> to win it. I'm not saying... I'm no, not no, saying, no, we're not saying win, but like they're going to be shit. Because the teams that you've mentioned have hardly gotten out of group stages i think germany did get out of group stage, stages yeah which was dismal but I, all i'm saying no, no is but germany didn't get out of group stages did they they did they, sure? they were bad in 18 no no last last year like two years 18 yes yeah did they get out of the group, stage? group stages and they lost in the round of 16. they lost in the didn't even re- i don't even think they no lost. they didn't get out of that group dog when did they lose it round of 16. no i something tells me they didn't get out of that group Cause I was a group with Mexico, I think, and Mexico. Ish. Research. Oh Keep Keep speaking. Yeah, but like, fact is that Brazil lost to Germany seven 0 and that is a big score to digest. That is a big score to take in. It's a hot pill to swallow. It was, it was really bad. It is a hard put to swallow. It is. Um, I mean, that that gym, that. I'm not gonna lie. I liked I liked that performance because I was also not um, a big. What do you say? A big Brazilian van, and everyone was on the Brazilian train, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I wasn't really for it, so it was a thing of. Nah, I was happy when mm. they were losing five no half time. You see, they didn't see, make it. They didn't make out of the group. Yeah, but the top two qualify. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Germany didn't make it out of the group. So meaning that they didn't go to round of 16? Yes. Yeah. Oh. That's what I say. <laughs> I didn't, sorry, I didn't, catch yeah. I didn't catch that. Sorry. But yeah, um, are you done? That's my, that's my first big sporting moment. Of so, great. Okay, like full disclosure. Let me just be out here. Oh, my, goodness. My footballing <laughs> moments are going to be biased as fuck. <laughs> as fuck my guys i'm really sorry like i feel like okay let me, like 
for me, football is the, like the early sport where I'm like I'm extremely biased towards Manchester United Football Club. So my first moment, greatest moment of all time was the trebling, treble winning season of 98-99. Um, <clears throat> I mean to speak about like to speak about it, you know, United had gone unbeaten since. Um, well, in the league, since Nottingham Forest in, de- in December, um, was this the build up to that actual treble winning, like. Oh my God! So like I mean, in the league, they they beat Tottenham in the final game, of course, to win was this two one on the sixteenth of May. Ten days later, they won the Champions League final. Mm. They played basically three finals in ten days. Um, the was this speaking about the FA Cup in between, like the Arsenal game, the semi final replay in what's this? Where was it? The replay that was at Villa Park neutral ground for both Arsenal mm. and United mm. you know I think what's this did United go first I think they went 1-0 up and then Arsenal equalised um, yeah I think we went 1-0 up Arsenal equalised in the 90th minute was this right about the 90th minute actually United conceded a penalty and then Schmeichel saved it saved the Bergkamp penalty and then extra time Ryan Giggs wins it takes the show off you know the yeah, that's thing. Yeah, that's thing. <laughs> does that the boy so we go to the final final play against newcastle at wembley win it to known on the 22 of may and then on to the big game like the, the champions league final oh my god i was like okay hold up to the champions league sorry hold up to the champions league in the group stages united like the group that United was in, okay. United, Barcelona, uh-huh. Bayern Munich. Yo, group of death, boy, boy. <laughs> group of death. Boy. Like United, United drew three three twice against Barcelona, home and away. Mm, they got through. Then they played Inter Milan in the in the quarterfinals, won the tie three two. Was it? Yeah, three two three one on aggregate, uh, winning two 0 at home, and then like. The, the semi-final which was also wow it was mad, mad. mad like <laughs> first leg was at Fortaleza was at Trafford so was this Juve score first mm. so United or tra- trailing you know away goal away goal rule. and then um who is this gig scores in the 92nd minute to take it 1-1 and then off to was this Turin they score first and like from then on united oh my god like <laughs> the, the mad like oh, i get i get fucking dog when i speak about this united thing but um sorry what's this it was all like it was according to the people like you know according to like analysts and all of yeah. that bullshit you know yeah. They, when they talk about the performance of Roy Keane and Paul Scholes in that midfield mm. that day, mm. it was out of the world. And it's a it's a thing of they both got mm, they, they both got yellow cards, which suspended them for the final, so they didn't play in the final. They weren't allowed to play, like they weren't gonna play in the final, so they played their socks off my team, and we won three two away in Turin, which when a Juventus side that was like hot. Hot, my G. 
hot to play Bayern Munich in the final and then I mean we know what happened Ali Gunnar Solskjaer Teddy Sheringham oh, 91 smiling 92, assassin 92, 91 93 it's, yeah just to touch on something quickly um three seconds just two seconds actually um who do you think had the most dramatic um Champions League final United or Liverpool huh United or who no 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 like in general general I think top three contenders um United 99 okay Liverpool 05 okay mm. Chelsea 13 come on okay yeah I'll put it up there but, but I'll put Chelsea 13 as last Chelsea 13 as last in that top three okay between United the thing is I would say United um United by Munich for number one because I'm a United fan mm-hmm. but to come down like to come three nil down at half time to take it to extra time and win a penalties fucking hell Liverpool did something in Istanbul bro. they did a lot they did a yeah lot, they did no lie they did <coughs> yo they did they did three nil at half time they did even this past one even this past Champions League 20, 2019 when they played um Spurs no no Bayern Madrid. no 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 the semis when they played um by no not by in barcelona oh, okay, um, okay. and to come back yeah the four, was it four three on aggregate oh divok origi guys uh, yeah legend yeah. legend yeah. <laughs> i'm not liverpool i'm chelsea no, i'm saying oh he's a liverpool player oh yeah yeah of course of course yeah we don't like these guys yeah my, my next moment has to be South Africa hosting the FIFA, the 2010 FIFA World Cup, guys. Oh my god. That was a good World Cup. That was a time where the country came together. That was a time where we had Soccer Fridays, guys. How many of you remember Soccer Fridays? I actually remember that. Soccer Fridays, my G. (laughs) Where you just come, dude. Then guys have got like the Germany um, shirts. And that time it was like 600 bucks. And 600 bucks was a lot of money back then, dude. So like, yeah, you get the Germany. And then people started making like replicas of that, you Mm. know. You know, it it was a time for also like small businesses to start booming, you know. (laughs) Counterfeit those shirts. (laughs) But anyway... (laughs) But at the same time, you know, it was like, it, it, it was such a great moment for the country. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, especially the opening game. My word, Simpiwe Shabalala. I don't know, was it a volley? It had to be a volley. I, I don't know how to, how to, no, I don't think how to categorize so. that, that style of shooting. I didn't think it was a volley because it was on the ground, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was off the ground. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was off, off the ground. A, it was just a shot, dude. Oh my! He put like, everything in it, dude. Inside that celebration <laughs> was was the dance style of the country. You would. But Aaron McQueen fucked it up. What? That whole moment. Why? Like, what's this? He's the one who fouled when, like, not fouled, but like he fucked up and we conceded. The back and the conceded, we yeah. Conceded. But it would imagine winning that opening, that, that opening game. Oh it would have been God. mad, dude. It would have been crazy. But yeah, like 2010 FIFA World Cup was most probably the best World Cup that um, the world has seen. Um, in terms of opening ceremony, in terms of closing ceremony, in terms of um, the culture of World Cup, the Chabulani, 
the 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 ball that the jobulani yeah the jobulani well. no and the jobulani jobulani that was the ball that was used in the final oh was it jobulani yeah oh okay you see the entire tournament was jobulani yeah. and then the final specifically was, was jobulani oh yeah 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 i remember that ball was like two grand mm. yeah it was because it was quite expensive <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was quite expensive if you if you had the jobulani you you were you were you are elite balling. you are balling and I th- and i think there's there's people who still have that ball and keep it just for like memorabilia i would do yeah, I, would I would as well yeah I would. like i mean it's something that you look back on and it could be fucking valuable in 20 well actually years. right now it's probably I mean, like, right now but like yeah. imagine its value in 20 30 years yeah. if we get there and the world doesn't end yeah 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 100% <laughs> no 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 100% and yeah it, it is and the stadiums as well some of them are not complete but they look complete um yeah did you know that bombella stadium is not complete yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not complete it was a time for tender print guys it was just big it was just a big sporting moments for the world as well i like how like with that world cup sorry to disrupt mm-hmm. like you how we all thought we we're gonna make money like we we're gonna host people you know we didn't even make so much we, we actually we, spent a lot we didn't get cash but like i think i think it was trevor no made a joke about it like he was like he's it's funny how people of south africa think they're gonna make money off the world cup with the people who are gonna make money off the world cup or the people that usually make money off world cup exactly FIFA. exactly <laughs> that's all dude but 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 in terms of like infrastructure and everything it didn't help us we have the yeah, no, no, we did. because it of the world cup lot. we have ria via um brts because of mm. the world cup yeah, no, it, it, you know? it, 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 so yeah it did it did actually um increase security and show what south africans are capable of especially the south african government what it's capable of when it puts its mind to things you know there was hardly any any crime um at uh, at the time um but yeah it was just a great sporting moment mm-hmm. i want to okay before i go to my thing i want to ask you something so oh fuck, i, I didn't recall. okay so last year i had a debate with uh Sandile mm-hmm. as to which was the better tournament okay in terms of South Africa. All right. For South Africa. Okay. The 2010 World Cup or the 95 World Cup? Okay, I can't I can't guys I'm a 2000. So <laughs> So you know what 2010? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go 2010 because I was in I was there. You know what I'm saying? I felt how it was, you know what I'm saying? With 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 the 95 World Cup, I can't really say that hey, dude, it was better than 2010 because but imagine, but imagine when it did for our country, dog. Okay, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe it, it could have been, but for me myself, okay, 2010 is, is 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 better because I can relate to it. I was there. Okay. No, you know, no, I mean that's fair. That's it, fair. I had the longest holiday of my life. <laughs> that, that holiday was fucking. We didn't even have a year. 2010 was cancelled actually. Oh boy, that holiday was bomb. It didn't count. Okay, so coming to my second um, biased United moment, apparently, according to like journalists and stuff like that, this is probably the greatest. individual performance from a united player ever mm-hmm. um 1994 1984 sorry brian robson versus barcelona in the cups cup winners cup quarter final where united overturned a 2-0 deficit to win 3-2 yeah yeah 3-0 in the game but 3-2 on aggregate in the barcelona team that had diego maradona hectic boy Hey, it's it's the most 
like the best individual performance. If you think of United individual performances, the Ronaldo's, the Rooney's, yeah, the, yeah. the Solskjaer's, yeah. the gigs, yeah. the Skulls, the Van Persie's, the Van Persie's, yeah. everything, nothing like the Shay, <laughs> you name the George Bests, the, the whole shebang, the, all of them, Bobby Charlton, nothing compares to Brian Robson that night. Yeah. That is a moment. That's that a big statement. That's I mean, a okay, big statement. Just to, it is a big statement. It's a huge just to, statement. Just to give also context. For me, the moments that I've chosen are moments that I would have, I would like to relive or like to witness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the 99 World Cup, I was alive, but I was only a year old. You know, so the 99 treble winning, yeah. but I was only a year old. Okay. So don't really can't like really say i want to relive that i want to be there yeah yeah, yeah true. this performance as well is one i would like to actually see mm. next moment that's big that's big. big next moment and apparently diego was like nowhere in that game really mm. he was nowhere sure deep <laughs> but yeah next moment um chelsea's win over barcelona at the camp now oh my word guys that match we came into that match and we had we had the stars there you know what i'm saying we had your john terry's your gary cahill's your drop bars your, your, your gary cahill's a star carry on carry on okay i'll defend him later but anyways <laughs> um um, we had yeah, you had your Ramirez, you had your 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 Florence um, Maluda, Maluda. You had your Michael Essien, you know your Fernando Torres. But yeah, do you know who played right back in that game? Right back wasn't Gary Cahill? Wasn't that Ryan? Oh, left back. Left back. Left back was Ryan Bertrand. Or was did he play the final? One of those games. Yeah. One of yeah. those games. Ryan Bertrand played. But yeah, the squads aside, guys. Sergio Busquets scores and he does not score <laughs> and he does not score that's when I knew we've got a big problem Sergio Busquets scores um, and Chelsea's heads drop same time second goal um, who was it I think it was Messi no no what was it Messi yeah it was Messi Messi scored the second goal and then um, we got a, a, a red card Mm. Um, no, no, we, we had an injury first. So Gary Cahill p- pulled his hamstring and went off. Then we got a red card. And the red card was given to. Uh, was it Terry? John Terry. John Terry, yes. John Terry gets the red card. Enemy of progress. 10 men now on the field. 10 against 11. Sharp. Ramirez makes a break, chips over, gets it in. 2 1. Sharp. We concede. Drogba concedes uh, 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 a penalty. Messi hits the post. Mm. Well, actually, the, the, the crossbar. Sharp. Messi hits the crossbar. Now we know that like, we've got a big problem. Messi attempts again, hits the crossbar, the upright. Now we've got a big problem. Then Barcelona attacks and then we kick it. And then we kick it. Sharp. There goes your boy, El Nino, Fernando Torres. That goal. That goal. That goal. That goal put us on the map, guys. To beat Barcelona at Barcelona is such a huge, 
huge, huge, huge accomplishment. It's a big, a massive, massive accomplishment, my brother. So you were not clapping for that, and sorry, at that moment put you on the map. Yes, and and I was in grade seven. I can still remember. That's that's, that's cool. I mean, I think I remember. I remember that I remember that 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 tie and I, I didn't watch it that much cuz I'm not a big Barca fan like yeah. again I'm, I'm not not that I'm not a big Barca fan I hate Barca mm-hmm. and I'm not a big Chelsea fan so it was a thing of ah Chelsea's playing Barca it's fine I don't have to pay attention but I knew the score and I remember I, I know the like the iconic moment where Torres actually leaves the camera man yeah. yeah and then I think it's was it Tyler or Drew who the commentator like the Torres, oh, he's there. Can't be Tyler because we'd know if it was Tyler. <laughs> we'd know if it was Tyler. Probably was Drew. He was through and then scored that goal. Yeah, it was. It was. It's a good moment. It's a good moment. Um, are you handing over the reins to me now? I'm handing over the reins to you. Every time when I keep quiet, just know that hey, the boy's done. Oh, okay, the boy's done. The boy's done. So on to my third and final biased United moment. Uh, Probably one of the greatest comebacks the Premier League has ever seen. Um, United were 3-0 down versus Tottenham Hotspur at White Hart Lane. Goals from Tottenham from Dean Richards, Les Ferdinand and Christian Zieg. You know, um, final score for that game, 5-3. Big. Five, five goals scored in the second half. The scorers were Andy Cole, Lauren Blanc, Ruud von Nistelrooyd, Sebastian Varon, and David Becks. Beckham! It's <laughs> yeah. probably like in recent memory, probably one of the greatest comebacks in Premier League history, you know, from 3-0 down at half time to score five goals, goals yeah. unanswered goals away from home. Mm-hmm. In a Premier League game, five different mm-hmm. scores. Five different <laughs> scores, even. <laughs> what do you say to management when you get there? You guys have what? a foggy all. What do you say? <laughs> uh, what do you say? Uncalled for. Because apparently, what's this? Um, United were given their hair dry um, treatment, which was Fergie. Like when Fergie mm. went in, like and he went in. He went in hard. Uh, yeah, he went in hard. So that was called the hair dry treatment. Really, they were given that at half time. And yeah, they came back and then they did the things, you know. Yeah. They scored five goals. So yeah, that's my. I've got a bonus. Shocker. Um, Leicester City's Premier League winner. Um, that was Fair. big. That Fair. was big because Fair. that was big. They that got was, they got promoted big. into the Premier League and they came in as the underdogs. And wasn't it their second season in the Prem? It was. It was their second season when they won the league. Okay. Oh, it was okay. their second no. season back. Because I, I, get, I, I get confused with the years. Yeah. Because you know how it's like 2020. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the year they were promoted, I remember that was the year like they were shit and they just escaped relegation. Mm. Um, but within that season, I remember United lost to, to Leicester. I think it was 5-3 or something along those lines yeah. at Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. In a side that had Jamie Vardy and Harry Kane. Hurricane. Yes, Hurricane played for Leicester. Really? Yeah, he was at loan at Leicester. Oh, that's deep. I didn't know. Wait, from who? From Tottenham? Yes. They put him on loan. They put him on loan. Ah, I thought he was a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, makes he sense. was a kid. But, but, but yeah, um, Claudio Ranieri did something with that team. Yeah, um, big ups to him. Yeah, big ups to Claudio Ranieri. They still didn't dirty though. 
by by sacking him but yeah it's life it's, it's part of the game you know we move yeah we move it's part of management you know yeah. and yeah that 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 for me was 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 a big a big moment because it also sparked some hope um into into like the other teams the um, smaller teams the smaller league. teams in the yeah. league so if you look at your 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 wolves wolves cause the biggest upsets right now um in the in the premier league because you can't you can't just say oh i'm playing wolves okay we're gonna go in there and we're just gonna run the show no wolves is going to kill you you know what i'm saying if you if you come there underestimating them they're going to kill you they literally are going to kill you so yeah um same with like um sheffield uh, united right now they're doing really well they might even qualify for champions league who knows Europa. Oh, Europa, Europa, sorry, Europa. Um, yeah, should we move on to rugby? Yep. Okay, should I go so again? I'll just start. Yeah, I mean, you're starting all of them. Who do you think we're at? Alright, um, let's go. Um, okay, rugby. The South African World Cup win over England. That match. We watched it together. Remember? No, oh, no. Yes, we, we did. We did. No, we didn't. Richard Webster. Yes, I was. But we watched. I watched. Together. I watched the final at Forty Four Stanley. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I watched it at Webster. You watched it with with the boys, the boys, the boys. The boys, the boys, the boys. The boys. <laughs> Shout out to the boys. Yeah. So like the win over England was big, because the year before that, um, we're playing a test match, um, against England. And in the dying moments of the game, we got a penalty and we chose to tap and go. And Ande Esterhazen had the ball and Owen Farrell, that fucking fuck. <laughs> He's so cocky. I don't like him. I don't like Owen Farrell. But probably one of the greatest flower halves of this generation. Okay, no you, you can put him there. You can no put cap. him there. Yeah. Um, Owen Farrell, shoulder charges Ande Esterhazen and the tackle gets reviewed and it becomes a talking point of that month i remember clearly i was even, yeah, even I late in the year <laughs> it was like you know, november it becomes a talking month it becomes a talking point of like the month of like was that tackle legal or did he shoulder charge did he put his arms around did he wrap and all that. Is, isn't it also that time i think it was the next video um or the next week sorry during there was a video during training where i see was teaching in inverted comments um Andre Estes and how to actually shoulder charge, and each time Andre Estes would wrap his arms, would be like, no, don't do it like that, fuck the shoulder. And then we actually did fuck the shoulders, like, yeah, sure, you can go. You can go. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Rassi also has his dirty ways, eh? If you look at his clips, eh, he's also got his dirty ways yeah, yeah, when he used to play back in his day. But yeah, what I'm trying to allude to is that the chickens always come home to roost. Remember when um Cheslin Colby stepped the shit out of Owen Farrell. I was like, that's karma. Karma knows everyone's address. Karma knows everyone's address. Stepped him. The guy didn't know where he was. We scored and that was the winning try. So that was a big moment for me because as soon as Cheslin Colby stepped Owen Farrell in my head, that test match came back into my head. I was like, you remember what you did to us? For that test match but mm. it's fine it's good we'll get you somewhere somehow 
yeah that's my first sporting moment on rugby so okay my first sporting moment goes down to the second test of the 2009 british and irish lions tour in loftus first round where international rugby and world rugby to a certain degree were introduced to sir money stain oh my sir, god sir money stain yeah i mean the test was a very tight test like there was a yellow card for, like scott burger was given a yellow card for no no what was he given no burger or something like that for what's this eye gouging um adam jones like dislocated his shoulder from a tackle from buckies uh that shark for retry in the corner mm. you know that tried to really bounce people and then and it went to went over. Yeah, yeah and it was three but like i mean the stain moment money stain i think it was like 50 50 plus meters out in loftus 25 25 with a minute or so to go slots it through with with ease and that was Mornay Stain introducing himself to international rugby you know and he went on to have a great career um still playing at the highest level at super rugby now at the most shittest stuff actually super rugby side at the moment pains my heart balls are really shit right now but yeah um yeah that test like south africa winning that british and irish lions tour, like was this the tour to you know the series to you know going yeah. to know up they lost the final test but the fact that they won that test it was also a big thing i mean if you i think there's a documentary i, I don't know like i forgot what it's called but there's a documentary on youtube on the 2009 lines from the line side mm-hmm. from their perspective so like they go like it's um it's like a video videography type of documentary type mm-hmm. of vibe you know where they go through like the first time they they was the squads are announced kids yeah. all of that like sure, the, whole shebang, the yeah. whole shebang by and it's like deep or like you like the things that are said there in, in those dressing rooms like i remember one of the quotes is like these guys don't respect us they don't think we're physical it's time to fucking show them that we are physical that we in this country it's like simple things that are along those lines boy and you can tell that those niggas were up for it like how they cherish a british and irish lions jersey like jersey sorry and how like they put high value on it and how it pains him to lose mm. like after that after that second test they go back into the dressing room and you can just see niggas in tears they're devastated and it's just mm. yeah in terms of culture right so the british and irish lions is sort of like the barbarians if i can put it like that because the british and irish lions it's um a combination of players from from the united kingdom right and with the barbarians is basically like a, a squad mix of like plays from all around so in terms of culture i think british and irish lions is there i think it's better than it's better than um barbarian yeah, culture yeah, of course, i think yeah. it's better than like isn't the because british and irish lions it's like you standing for your country type of vibe mm-hmm. and and all of that like that as a patriotism yes pa- yeah patriotism and all of that you know so it's 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 very big from their side and it's, it's it is it is very it's like it's 
like I think growing up in in either those nations Ireland Scotland Wales and England you you as a rugby player your probably biggest dream is to represent the British and Irish Lions yeah even if it's like a tour game or whatever like that but actually wear the jersey yeah. and yeah, run yeah, out yeah. in the jersey probably one of the biggest things you can achieve like I mean sure you want to represent your country but you probably want to represent British and Irish Lions more. more yeah yes. true yeah. Um, the British and Irish Lions are making a tour I think yes. it's next year yes they, to South Africa they come to South Africa again the yes. last time they were here was 11 years ago yes um, so yeah I can't wait to see um, how the Springboks will actually perform against it's going to be an interesting tour because like there's very I don't want to say contrasting, but like the very similarities to the 209 tour. Mm-hmm. You look at how South Africa beat England in the final in 2007. South Africa beat England in the final in 2019. Yeah. Two years later, what is British and Irish Lions tour to South Africa. And both both teams, in terms of, they were coming into interesting times, like, or like interesting periods within the within their reign or within their ten years or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's gonna be a very good tour. Um it's gonna be a very interesting tour because you know South Africa's got the new coach in Jacques Nuinaba now. Yeah. Um it's, it's 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 a team that's rebuilding like moving away from the likes of I'd assume like the Dwayne from Mueller and yeah. the Lila yeah. Ruse. Constantly evolving um, as well like the Yeah I mean yeah, yeah we are in our own Constantly. in our own small way but yeah. you also like to keep your your basics yeah, your originals, all of that, yeah. your originals you know so and the, the like the English side is very good Irish side is pretty good itself Scotland's are punching above their weights mm, yeah okay not necessarily punching above their weights but they're doing very well I mean you look at the I think it was a 32 32 something winner for France which was mm. a team that was on its way to win a Grand Slam yeah. you know so Scotland's are doing Scottish guys are doing well Wales is also a team that's um, that's generally done one over the years and it's still going to be coached by someone who's experienced mm. from a British and Irish Lions tour yeah. Um, yeah. vibe in Warren Gatlin who was the head coach in 2017 where they drew 1-1 in terms of the series against New Zealand mm. when they won in Australia um, in 2013 so as a head coach he's still unbeaten yeah, as yeah, a British yeah. and Irish Lions head coach but he was beaten as a I think it was an assistant coach during the 2009 series yeah but he's he's, he's, he's got a good CV yeah he's, oh, very, he's very 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 pretty very pretty very pretty I mean I think Warren Catlin is probably going to be New Zealand coach no, the next New Zealand coach in all honesty I, I mean yeah, it's possible. possible it's highly it is, possible it is very highly possible right. i think the thing is you look at how they've appointed they've appointed um ian foster at the moment mm-hmm. and ian foster was up against scott robinson mm-hmm. yeah and scott robinson stayed at the crusaders when they chose ian foster and stuff like that i think the two people who can be gunning for the job um because ian foster's contract runs out in 2021 um, are going to be Scott Robinson and Warren Gatlin. As in, why would Warren Gatlin come back to New Zealand if he's not interested in the, in the head coach job? Yeah, true, true, true. Your uh, next moment. My next moment has to be the 2015 Xerox Golden Lions team with Johan Ackermann. Um, was that man given a, a Springbok job? Nah, he wasn't. Eh? They gapped him after he went to Glo- is, is, is it Gloucester. He was. He was a consultant in was he a consultant 
in mm. one of I think it was pop, I think he was a consultant under um, Alistair Kutsia. He was a consultant, but they didn't give him so. the job because obviously for. But I also think he didn't gun for the job. I don't think he also knew Uti and these Springboks guys are not that great. I'm doing well for myself right here. But thing is, it was it was in his back of his mind because in 2015, 2016, he had he had a gun season. So obviously, in his mind, in the back of his mind, kept on lingering that hey, what if I get the Bok job, you know? Um, but as to that, um, it has to go back to the 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 final um, of. The Golden Lions versus the DHL Western Province um, side, which played at Ellis Park, and the score on halftime was 22-20 to Western Province, and the Golden Lions came back with a 32-24 victory over Western Province. Province. Yeah, um, there is a documentary on it. If you guys want to watch a documentary, um, it's by SuperSport. Um, it's called Undefeated uh, 2015 Golden Xerox Golden Lions. Um, and yeah, Johan Ackermann that year as well won Coach of the Year. So yeah. Like, spring, like South African Coach of the Year? South African Coach of the Year. He, okay. he got it over. Who, who was our coach at that time? Heineke Meyer. Was Heineke Meyer? Yeah, yeah Heineke Meyer was also having a rough time there. Yeah, he's, 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 <laughs> his year wasn't that great. Yeah, he had a rough time there. Yeah. But like, yeah. No, he, actually, it wasn't that bad. What? Because we won against the no man, like. Well, I guess he didn't Okay, but I think the biggest the biggest blimp was him losing to um, Argentina in the rugby championship. But besides that, he didn't have a bad year. His World Cup wasn't this okay, but Japan as well. Yeah, Japan. Like, it was it was it was shaky. Well, I mean, the bounce back was actually decent. Yeah. Like the performances going to the semi-finals. That semi-final game against Ooh, New Zealand. Was that doing for Mullen. Onto um, what's the name for That was quarterfinal yeah. versus Wales. That semi final against New Zealand was hot. Was hot. Was hot. Ah, it was highly contested. Which, guys. Uh, Yo, but like, yeah, um, that's my second sporting moment. Um, yeah. Sure, we've been speaking for long. We're going to have to run through these things quickly. <laughs> my second rugby sporting moment has to go to the 2007 Rugby World Cup final versus South Africa versus England, England held at the Parc de France, or Stadia de France. Um, in France, of course, <laughs> South Africa winning 15 6, no tries in the game, two penalties from Johnny Wilkinson from English perspective, four penalties from no, three penalties from Percy, no, sh- sorry, four penalties from Percy Montgomery and one from Francois Dane. That I mean, long it was kick, that long <laughs> kick, yeah. 60 meter it kick, it was a tightly contestable <laughs> game, and it like. It had that moment where Mark Cueta darted down in the 42nd minute and that try was disallowed with a foot in touch mm-hmm. and that was like highly, I would say, controversial or whatever, but it was a big moment within the test. Versus Victor Manfield played out of his socks, one man of the match, if I remember correctly. It was a great final and it wasn't a final that was very, like, it was highly contestable mm-hmm. because it was two teams that were like just grinding it yeah, out, grinding yeah, against yeah. each other. So for a purist, it was probably one of like it was a it was probably one of the greatest finals up there with with the rest. But also like you, you have to remember that England lost thirty six no in the group stages to South Africa in that same World Cup. For them to come back, come back in that and final, make it, in, you know make it to that final, and, and cut the deficit by more than half, and compete to the yeah. level that they did, big ups to them and big ups to Martin Johnson yeah. and these guys. You know. Quick question. Yes. Um, who do you think is the better English? Who, who has who has 
or still is um the best english player of between johnny wilkinson and johnny and thingy and johnny um, Johnny, Johnny, 2003, started a World Cup final in the extra time with his right foot. Okay. Oh, get out of here. Because you, you, you know, the, the reason why I'm asking is because you, you really like no, put um, Owen Farrell no, on the pedestal. No, I big up Owen Farrell because yeah. he's a very good flower half. He controls the game very well, kicks very well. He's complete. Okay. In 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 how I he's see ordinary. Fly half. Not not ordinary. He's very good. Okay. Like he does the simple things well and he does in he's got the extraordinary things, things. in his pocket. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Fair. Moving on to cricket. Wait, are we done? I've got one more. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Cool. Um and it's actually a it's actually a big one. Yeah. It's a go. pivotal one. <laughs> um Sia Kalisi being chosen to lead the box. Um there's a documentary that called From Humble Beginnings. Um that was a big one because um was captain bef- before oh yeah it was warren whiteley warren whiteley got um a career in I, I think it's safe to say a career ending injury um was warren whiteley captain in 2018 yes, yeah he got he, he, it wasn't 2018 it was 20 yeah it was 2018 2017 2017 2017 2017 when did sia become sia became in 20 late 2018 it was it was when 2017 warren got the ban oh, and then yes. no, um, no, no, he got no, the no. injury oh yes it was warren whiteley in 2017 under alistair could yeah, yes. and then sia got it in the um, was it england the the first time he became captain was the incoming tour the yes incoming series. The, okay, that was yeah. when we still didn't have a permanent captain, captain. yeah there's when we're changing and, Russi, and changing. yeah and then rassi was like actually just keep it yeah just keep it just give it to sia because one day we had duane familian was captain one day it was Eben, one day it was sia so we had like we had to contract a captain and say listen this is your captaincy now and this is you and for him to be given that contract and for him to run out of ellis park um was big um it still gives me goosebumps that moment was big because yo i'm getting goosebumps but yeah <laughs> I get you. okay I, I quick question if Dwayne Vermeulen and Warren Whiteley were not injured for that incoming series where Sia was initially named captain for the tour uh-huh. and eventually captain for the box actually yes, for yeah. the box do you think Sia would have been in okay he wasn't contention but do you think he was going to be given the captaincy I don't think so to so be you honest got the captaincy on default yeah I okay. think so because Warren Whiteley was actually a good put fit that on record. yeah it, it, Warren Whiteley was a good fit it was he, he was really a good fit um but i feel like, I, I i feel like for sia it was also coming you know because um for him as well he's been playing for the springboks for at least like six three, years it was, six, five, it was five years at yeah. the time because he made his debut in 2013. yeah five years at the time so i feel like it was coming plus he was storms captain at the time so. I, I don't know if it was necessarily coming I just think things fell into place for him, for him, mm. yeah, like very well. Yeah. Like how Warren Whiteley, Dwayne Vermeulen were injured, and that he became the first black captain, and how the entire nation just received that, and how yeah, I mean the rest is history. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. moving on to oh, you done? Sorry, no, I'm done, I'm done. you're done. Moving on to my moment, 2011. I think this is probably like the best Super Rugby final. Okay. In which year? In my in my memory. Okay. Yeah. This is the 2011 Super Rugby final versus the Reds and the Crusaders in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Final score 18-13. Two. 
to the Reds. Woo-hoo-hoo. The Reds beat the Crusaders. Woo-hoo. And the Crusaders side, a Crusaders side that had, let me just name you the starting lineup. 15, Tom Marshall. 14, Sean Maitland. Centers, Robbie Fuhrman and Sonny Bo Williams. Zach Gelford in wing. Dan Carter, Andy Ellis. Kieran Reed. Richie McCaw, George Whitelock, Sam Whitelock, Brathorn, Owen Franks, Corey Flynn, and White Crockett. Starting lineup is just full of all blacks. <laughs> and in, in the red side, you had the John Lances, Rodney Davis, Tony Fainga, Ben Tupai, Dick Biayoni, Quade Cooper, Will Kenya, Radiki Samu, Scott Hinnombottom at six, James Hall at five, Rob Simmons, Greg Holmes, Sai Fainga. Oh my God. It was like two teams that were both at like the peaks. Mm. Will Kenya and Quade Cooper were the best 19 combination Ever. in the world mm. at that time yeah dan carter was in his peak yeah dan carter was to, big leading up yeah. to the to the what's this leading up to the world cup in new zealand richie mccall um kieran reed coming into like his own richie mccall in probably mm. the f- one like one in, of best flags, in, within yeah. his stride of being the form of his life, Sam Whitelocks, mm. the Brad Thorns, mm. you know, like mm. a proper destructive guy. Owen Franks, you know, like I'm just naming. Zach Guilford was doing the most in, in in that number eleven channel. Sunny Bill Williams had just been introduced into Super Rugby and was doing the most. The Sunny That's where the Sunny Bill came through when he was with Fluid. Arguably, his period was best when he was at Chiefs, but like okay. he was still doing the most. Robbie Fluid. <laughs> You know that handoff of Rebel Fuhrman on on Periwipu? Ah, maybe if I see it. You probably do know it. That season, that handoff was big. That man was big in the centers. So it was two teams that were going gun against each other. I think Wilkinia scored a a winning try, something along those lines. Um, Yeah, in the 68th minute, a try also from Digby Ione, which is a fucking good game on a fucking great final. Also, shout out to the Bulls for winning the 2007 final and 2009 final against the Chiefs. Actually, against the Sharks and Chiefs, respectively. Against the Chiefs, I think they... And that wasn't Super Rugby. That was Super Rugby. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was. It was Super 14. Super 14. (laughs) Same thing, Same thing. I think they put 60 points against the Chiefs oh. in the final. God. Yeah. Morning Stain, Brian Abana, oh. Matfield. Oh, goodness. Small they need to change the pants. <laughs> but no, yeah. Next moment. We are on to cricket. Are we doing cricket now? Yeah, okay. on to cricket now. So I'll start again because <laughs> I always do. <laughs> <laughs> um, the ball tampering issue. I think that was a disgrace to Australian Cricket Association. That was, that was so bad because it attracted um, a huge spotlight on Australian cricket. Um, Cameron Bancroft tampered with the ball, did test against South Africa at Newlands in Cape Town. And Influenced by David Warner and Steve and Smith. And Steve Smith, which, are the, which was his um, captain and vice captain, respectively. Um, and that was caught on camera. That was caught on, 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 on worldwide wide television. Um, he used sandpaper. <laughs> he used sandpaper, dude. Sandpaper to tamper with the ball. Like, are you are you that much of a loser? Just take it on the chin. You lose it anyway. Like, you know what he was trying to do. Like, okay, I I agree. It was a very disgraceful moment. But do you know our kept our former 
captain in Fav to PC also has a scandal. Yeah, we were tampered with the ball with his nail. I remember that. No, not with his nail. There's one, okay, the one with the sweet was not maybe like a big thing. There was one where he did it with his zip. Oh, pocket of the zip. Yeah. He did the same thing with the pocket of a zip. But you know, we never look at it in the same light because it's Australia and South Africa, it's our own. Yeah, but, but carry but, on. I but mean, but at the same time they caught him on camera. They caught Faf on okay, camera. But at the same time using sandpaper, that means you deliberately want okay, to get with Fafa's issue, you can say that no, he didn't he, see the no, zip. He knew he had a zip. No, he knew he had a zip there. But I get what you mean. Yeah. I, like, I mean the sandpaper thing because you go out of your way to mm-hmm. get something. To get something that too. Is like not ordinary on the field yeah. to be able to tamper with the board yeah. and a zip is like within your Fuck can argue and say it wasn't intentional he it can't yeah but but it, it, okay you, you say that you get what i mean you feel yeah so that yeah that's yeah that's another disgraceful sporting moment <laughs> so my first moment has to be arguably one of the greatest odis the world has ever seen the famous 438 game between South Africa and Australia in 2006 2005 2006 tour um, that was held at the Wanderers it was the fifth te- it was the fifth ODI of the game and it was it was just a great game it was just it was a great game for batting and for like entertainment mm, mm. because it was the first time in an ODI match that a team had scored more than 400 runs and it was the first like, I think 400 runs but like both teams scored over 400 runs Australia hit 443 for four um, 164 from Ricky Ponting um, 81 from Mr. Cricket uh, Mike Hussey a 79 from Simon Cattage yeah I mean bowling figures weren't really that great you know sh- numbers are looking shocking <laughs> but then South Africa came back um Herschel Gibbs is probably his most iconic innings ever. 175, over 111 balls. Mark Boucher with a 50 in the end. And the greatest single in cricketing history from Makayantini. Because in the final over, I think South Africa had a couple, like I think they had... I forgot how many runs, but they had a few, like they had a handful of runs to go, and yeah. Tini was facing, and he hit a single. Like it, I think it was like a block. Yeah, a block and he moved. He blocked and ran, <laughs> went to the other side, and then Boucher hit a forward. Oh yeah, he scored the single to sc- like to tie the scores. Oh. So it was um, it was 434 to 434, and then Boucher hit a four to get his 50 and win the game, 438. Great game of cricket. Great game of cricket. <laughs> Great game of cricket. <laughs> um, second on my list has to be um, A.B. De Villiers retiring um, from international cricket or from cricket in general um, and wanting to return to help the Proteas and Cricket South Africa denying him to return, which I think it was very fair because yes he's one of the greatest batsmen that south african cricket has, has, has ever seen um but at the same time you can't expect to retire and then filter your way back in just because you think you can help 
the pro tiers because the moment you retire they're already like looking for someone to sort of like i wouldn't say someone like anyone at this time can replace ab developers and what he's done but you can't expect them to filter you back in while they were just out. because of your name yeah just, just like because that. of your name you know what i'm saying so yeah i think that was that, that was also a big scandal in terms of um how the proteas were performing at that time after he left because it showed that he was also a big a big fa- a, a big key figure in the protea squad and i think undeniably he was but at the same time you can't just come and go as you please yeah, just to give more context on that, that was around the 2019 World Cup under Otis Gibson. So I figured it didn't perform very well in that World Cup. Um, yeah, man, I also I also was for him not coming back. It's like, I mean, the thing is with me, what I say with Abu Dhabi is that, like, I feel like he is for me a like a proper pro tier in like world cups and stuff like that because he also jokes okay like his performances aren't that like mm. wow to the caliber of the player that he is and he can do yeah so in like odi series around the world he'll do amazing things and stuff like that yeah but then get to crunch time mm. you know <laughs> even look at the 2014 world cup in 2015 ODI series before the World Cup, we played West Indies, and then we play, we played them in the pink in the pink day here yeah. in in, in Joburg. Hit Wonders. 149. Hit 149. In the World Cup in the um, group stages, I think against West Indies again, hit another big century. Come semi final against New Zealand, crumble. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I was also not for it. So yeah. Rough, yeah. Moving on to my is my third, second or third? Second. Uh, moving on to my second um, greatest moment this is the 2005 Ashes tour in England Australian Ashes tour in England this is probably like this like give young context I think England hadn't won or retained the Ashes in more than 12 years um, they were against the, an Australian side like I was led by Alan Border, Steve Waugh, and then Ricky Ponting. That was just like successful against England. So that they won it for the first time in a long time. It was when K- K- KP Kevin Peterson made his um, his test debut. I mean, just I think they won the series 2-1 at the end. So like, I mean, the first test, Australia won by 239 runs, which is a big deficit. Second test, um, New Zealand was a... England come back in edge bested win by two runs. Third test in Old Trafford, match drawn. Fourth test in at Trent Bridge, England wins it by three wickets. And then a final test at the Oval, it was drawn. I think there is, um, I think there's a documentary on it. I forgot the name of it, but it's also it also like it's very detailed and it's very like specific. But like a, a fun fact about that is that those guys drank for like a week or something like that but within that week or the next day after them winning yeah like with the hangover and all like looking shit as all they met then prime minister tony blair and they were still drinking kevin peterson and 
pretty friend told him I'll pick like there's a video of them <laughs> looking smashed as fucked in suits because I had to like dress up. Of course, you're meeting <laughs> your prime minister. Meet the prime minister, they had to dress up in suits and they looked sloshed as fuck. <laughs> met the prime minister. I think they admitted, like Freddie admitted that he was still sloshed and uh, was still drinking. It was rough. It was rough. But they were having the time of their life. But like one of the like a great series and i mean just okay i'll, I'll, I'll mention the other one in the honorable mentions yeah um so uh, are we going to yeah still cricket um the death of phil hughes in 2014 um yeah that was that was a big one that was a big yeah it it sent it sent shockwaves through through the whole world you know um especially the cricketing um fraternity fraternity it was it was it was big because at such a young age i was a 66 year old he was six like he was 63 when 63 he got hit. 63 not out and he got hit with the ball um just behind the, yeah just his, behind just behind his helmet yeah. in the back of the head at the back of the head he got hit with a cricket ball coming at 140 odd kilometers per hour um and that put him in uh, an induced coma and after three days um this family had to announce yes yeah, of course he was brain dead so mm. yeah that was that was a big sporting moment um yeah and you, you sorry to interrupt you like you think about like you look at the impact that it had on his close mates on the australian side at the time yeah. the likes of steve smith the likes of um what who are the other players like the mitchell, mitchell stock yeah. all of these all of these guys that are currently yeah. doing David it Warner. doing the most right yeah. now they were close with phil hughes and they were like mates the ball the ball was bowled by sean abbott he mm. took some time off the game because like i mean he was devastated as he well he was devastated because yeah, he felt guilty i mean yeah wouldn't you like anyone yeah would yeah you, you feel about, so like, guilty but it's you you're bowling a ball like in cricket naturally you don't of course you yeah, are bound so you don't aim to hit someone mm-hmm. but like i mean it's inevitable in mm-hmm. cricket mm-hmm. um and to find out after boiling that ball that the ball that you bowl caused someone to die you know it's pretty hectic mm-hmm. um i'll just touch on like two two like things about that you know one fun fact mm-hmm. apparently the first ball that sean abbott bowled on his return was a bouncer I think it was just to get it out yeah yeah yeah, hectic and then a big sentiment I think there was a young cricketer in Australian Australian schools and stuff like that um, who hit 37 when he got to 37 he retired and he's like his basic basic statement was that for Hughes there's your century sure so the 37 plus 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 the there's your century my G sure fucking heartfelt but yeah, um, stuff right there. that was that was a very deep thing you know yeah so getting on to my third and final cricketing moment yeah. 2000 and, no 1999 semi-final cricket world cup south africa versus australia when south africa fumbled in the final over <laughs> enemy of progress enemy of progress <laughs> I mean, 
can I quickly explain can I just quickly find and explain the final over and how it actually happened but like it was it was match tied at the like at the end and Australia went through because I think they had a better group stages and stuff like that. Yeah. So in the final over, um, with like South Africa 205 for nine, like like the whole cricketing, like the whole was this match mm-hmm. was tight. It was a very good match. Bowling, batting, everything was highly contestable from both sides. Final over versus Lance Klusner bowled by Damien Felling. So first ball, Klusner uh, hits a four boundary. Yeah. Second ball, uh, what happens? Oh, change of change of um people. I think it's a single or some bullshit like that. <laughs> so now Alan Borders on strike. Yeah. And then third ball. Uh, oh no no no, Klusner is on strike. Sorry, he miss hits. Fourth ball, miss hit, and then that miss hit like re- resulted in them sprinting and then run out and then South Africa lost basically yeah it was South a very Africa. good final very good match to watch you know so South Africa have been have been named um, the test kings once upon a time right yes yes but have yes. you ever won a World Cup nope <laughs> that's why we're chokers that, that's why we're truly known as chokers because in each like each World Cup we choke 96 World Cup Six World Cup was won by Sri Lanka. Ninety-two was won by Pakistan. But I think in both of those we didn't go far. Semi-final ninety-nine, we lost against Australia. Two thousand and three, which was hosted in South Africa, we didn't get out of the group stages because Sean Pollock, like there was mis. Okay, let me not just blame Sean Pollock. There was most miscalculations in DLS method, so Duckworth Lewis method, because mm-hmm. it was raining. Yeah. And I think we needed. I think we needed one run to win, and we. I think we blocked it, and then the match was drawn, so we were out of the World Cup. Two thousand and seven, we lost to Australia in the semi-final. If I remember, not to lose to Australia. Or release to Sri Lanka. I think we made it to semi-final or quarter-final, right? But I remember that there was a Sri Lanka-Australia final won by Australia, blew Sri Lanka out of the park. 2011, we lost to New Zealand in the semi-final. 2015, we lost to New Zealand in the semi-final. 2019, we didn't get to the next round. Hmm. Or semis. South Africa, South Africa, you gotta do better. Gotta yep. do better, boys. Gotta do better. Moving on to the next sport. What do we have? Formula One. No, tennis. Tennis. Are oh, you going to be quick with tennis? Let's be quick with tennis. Let's be quick with tennis. Let's be quick with tennis, though. Okay, can I start? Yeah. Uh, Maria. <laughs> Maria Sharapova. Guys, I think. You know what, Maria Sharapova's case? Um, the argument from Maria Sharapova's legal team was that. Um, the banned substances that she was busted for busted for in inverted commas um, they were they were in um, the medication that she, she had been taking since she was a kid and for them and, and as, as well as the ATP and and um, and um, the tennis the tennis federation is concerned yeah, the banned substance that they found was was apparently put in or was incorporated into the banned substances list um, a year before that. 
um, oh, so it was recently. It, it was a recent into, thing. It was recently put into, into the banned substance yeah, it, list. Yeah, and it's something that she's been taking. Been taking. So she got busted for. She it. got busted for that. Okay, fair. And um, you know, you need to treat everyone the same. And she had to stop um, playing. Mm. Well, it was a two-year ban, three-year ban. I, I think it was a two-year ban, but she eventually, she eventually, she retired. Or she, 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 she came she back retired. and retired. I think yeah, yeah she, I think she sat out for like 18 months or, some, or something like that yeah. and then she was allowed to come back and then it was her, i think it was like things with her fitness yeah. and her not actually getting back to her to her best yeah. self yeah. and then her finally calling it a day and she lost so many sponsors she lost nike she, actually big sponsors um she lost Nike. She lost Mercedes-Benz. And when you lose Nike and Mercedes-Benz, that's when you know that, Nike hey, it's big. rough now. Now it's rough. Now you're breathing through the wood. I know you. for real. <laughs> and yours, G? Um, wait, how many moments do you have? Mm, I've got... Four tennis. Do you have three? I've got one. You've got one? Yeah. Okay, let me... I'm going to run through mine. Okay, so my first one is Kevin Anderson's run to 2018 Wimbledon final. Um, it was it was such a run. It was such a run. It was like beautiful to watch. He played in the. Um, By the way, Kevin Anderson is South African. Yeah, South African, South African, <laughs> South African tennis player. He played in the semi in the round of 16 against Philip something, won six three seven five seven five. Played in the quarterfinals against Roger Federer. Um, final score was 2-6, 6-7, which means he was two sets down against Roger Federer. Mm. Won 7-5, 6-4, and 13-11 to beat Roger Federer. Oh. In the quarterfinals on a cross court in Wimbledon. Then he faced John Isner in the semi-final another five sets final uh. seven six six seven six seven six four twenty six twenty four i remember that one went over two days because of light and i think rain and then in the final lost to novak Djokovic, six two six two seven six straight sets i mean i feel like in that final he was he was probably dusted imagine playing five sets and because the with 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 wimbledon is you play for instance if the final is sunday okay final is sunday yeah semis are friday quarters are two days before wednesday mm. so playing quarters mm. semis and a yeah. final where on friday and wednesday and he played on saturday remember because i told you the yeah. game went over yeah. with the five sets it's it's probably a lot but yeah that was a big run next sporting moment is um the 2019 wimbledon fight like wimbledon semi-final and final yeah. semi-final between roger federer and rafa Nadal. that was a beautiful match of tennis to watch because like you were brought back to the old Rafa Nadal, Roger Federer type of days and the battle. They took it to, oh, what's this? Roger took it to four sets, winning 7-6, 1-6, 6-3, and 6-4. Very good match, very competitive from both, men, from both men. And then Roger finally losing in the final, which is a classic final. 6-7-1-6-7-6-4-6-13-12 against Novak Djokovic. No, that was the second moment. 
third and final moment which is arguably and people just kind of say this is probably like the greatest um tennis match in open area which was the 2008 Wimbledon final between Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal won by Rafa Nadal 6-4-6-4-7-6-7-6-9-7 it was a great match and like these two like Rafa Nadal was still getting into the scene, was breaking into the scene, he was establishing himself, he was winning Roland Garros at that time, you know. So for him to win at Wimbledon against his arch nemesis, uh, Roger Federer basically started or sparked or made the rivalry to what it is today. It was a fucking great match, you know. Yeah, no, 100%, yeah. So yeah, that was tennis. What's next? Formula One. F1. 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 You know, you remember all. Remember our last episode? Um, I got back to where I stay, and um, I got to my friends, and then we were sitting down watching the Formula One documentary. It's, it's a documentary on Netflix. Um, Drive to Survive. Yeah. Oh my God. My you actually want to word. Watch thing. I haven't watched. I was watching that thing, and please, I got hooked. Please, DM, please DM me like Netflix detail. I've got details. Oh my god, you dog. Got you. Come on, dog. I need to watch that Dude. Rocky Bar. Did you watch both seasons? No, no, no. I watched. I wa- yeah, I was. Actually, I caught them on season two. Oh, okay. Then I was watching how they axed. Um, what's his name? Red Bull. He, 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 for, he Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly. Yes. Yeah, they axed him. Because he was doing really bad. Because because Max Verstappen was doing was doing, was doing the most. I feel bad for. I feel bad for. Gasly. And they cut him, bro. I f- no, I feel bad for Gasly because. I don't think like I think he was just up against too much. Yeah, but Max was just too much. So you, you think he wasn't on his level? No, at I time. mean I think it's I think what's this? I think Gasly was also like a, a small fish in a big pond type yeah, of vibe. Okay. But I also felt like he he was capable based on what he had done the previous season with mm-hmm. Toro Rosso. Yeah. But like he just caught Max at the wrong time. Max was just too hot. It was at peak for him. So you think it was peak? Peak, was peak. for Max. Okay. So it was dusted for him. Yeah. To be able to compete with Max and at Max that time. Mm. It was rough, dude. Because Boy. even the team was telling you, you know, like, Pierre, Pierre, you need to be pushing. Push, Pierre, push, yeah, push, 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 yeah, push. in the radio. And, dude, and he's like, I'm trying. I'm try-. You can hear, he's even, you can hear the sweat even. He's just like, dude, this guy is trying so hard. Please watch Drive to Survive Guys. if you get the chance. Just watch Yo. Watch both season. Please start in season one and watch both season. It is fucking And the great. team principal did the interview. Is like Christian Horner. Yeah, he was like, "What do you do at dead weight? You have to cut it loose." I was like, yo, I was like, yo, 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 yo. You know, um, at the towards the end of the season of last season, um, they were asked. I think it was at the Dubai at the UAE Dubai or that Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were asked. Like isn't okay. So the series is gonna come out soon. Dylan, what what are you looking f- like for? Oh, yeah. Like what are you looking towards? Like the most, you know. Um, is, this the, is this the team principal now? No, no, they're asking the drivers okay. at the driver press. So the two best answers for me were Charlotte Claire okay. because he's Ferrari and Max Verstappen. Charlotte Claire said he was he looked forward to the because you know it's it's in legs most because mm-hmm. they they focus on each race. Yeah, he. 
was looking forward to the Italian Grand Prix because Ferrari, Ferrari had won in, yeah, Italy in Italy for the first time in yeah. a long time and he like it was it was a big thing it it's was a big a, thing it, for it Ferrari huge. Yeah. It's, it's a big thing for Ferrari to win the Italian Grand Prix so it was huge Max best answer of them all said he looked forward to the German Grand Prix Young preset in the German Grand Prix Mercedes was having the hundredth um their 100th grand prix yeah they were having their 100th grand prix in the german grand prix so think about a 100th grand prix in your home country so the documentary focused a lot apparently or, or the filming or whatever focused on, i haven't watched it so i can't like, it's on it's focused, on it's on different teams yeah, yeah it's on different teams but it focused a lot on mercedes, mercedes because yeah. of that 100th grand prix thing what happens in the race Lewis Hamilton, no, Max, oh no, uh, who's this? Valtteri Bottas crashes out. Lewis Hamilton finishes, I think he finished just outside the top 10 or at like 10, but he had problems. And guess who won? That Grand Prix. Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen. Yeah. Yeah. Is he German? Nah, he's, he's, he's. Dutch, 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 but 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 it also spoke about how um, what's his name, um, Alex, Alex, I forgot, Alex Alban, Alex Alban, he 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 came from Torreso, and um, thing you went to Torreso, yeah, Pierre Gasly went to Torreso, so they swapped, bruh. and with um, Alex Alban as well, he performed really well. He per- that's he the thing, performed he performed really, well. really well, and it was so sad how when Pierre got back into the Torreso, he started performing. he started performing, yeah, he started performing and and and, well. and Torreso was so happy because he placed eight. Mm. Eighth. And then um, Alex Albon was obviously fifth and Max Verstappen was like was, third or yeah. second or something like that. But at the same time, like both the Red Bull and Toro were very proud of their drivers. They were. Yeah. They were, they were. So I think with, with Alex Albon as well, he's one that's coming through um, the ranks. Because even his mom, you know, his mom was once arrested for fraud. No, I don't know that. Dude, the sport is really expensive. She she she, she even said she's oh, in yeah, the documentary. The sport is expensive. Yeah, she even came into the documentary and she's like, Yeah, I was arrested, I did my time, I served my sentence, I'm for fraud. And you need to understand as a single mom where I was coming from, the sport is, is really isn't expensive. she um Okay, no no, she's from where's where's Alex Alvin from? It's Thailand. I think it's Thailand. Thailand, yes. Yeah, it's from, from Thailand. Thailand. Um because he was driving for Lotus first. Mm, yeah. Um, Yo, I know so much about Formula One now. I'm getting there. Getting See, I'm getting, getting there. Getting so yeah, yeah. Um, Alex Albon as well. He was, he was, he was like, yeah, my mom did the time, and he had to like man of the family. Mm. So he didn't have the funds and the financial means to carry on. So he went back to Thailand, and he got major sponsors like Lotus to put him back onto the track. And mm. when he came back, that's when he pushed Antares or so. And then his mom came out, and then everything was just back to. Him back on track again you know so yeah he was feeding his family at a very young age eh? mm. um, Alex Albon big ups to him man. yeah yeah so getting on to uh, my sporting moments of Formula 1 so the first one has to be like I'll, I'll go through I'll go through them like with time okay so the first one has to be okay most of them are, are rivalries okay you know rivals rivalries between two drivers first one is Nicky Lauda and James Hunt during I think I would say it's a period is from this, um, Nicky Lauda passed away yes okay yeah. I repeat to the man yeah, yeah. 
Um, I think it was a period from when they were in Formula One from like 73 to like 77. The most iconic season was the 76 season, which um, James Hunt won, where Nicky Lauda had his accident, yeah, yeah. Burnt, burnt, like, yeah. like he was in a was was in a burning car, and he came back a month later when he was not fit to come back. It was just. Like, like the, the two guys, guys the, the way they they competed against each other the way they made each other like so like much better it is mm. it's nicky lauda i think he said i think he's quoted saying that james hunt is, is one of the few people that he he's actually liked on the track and he actually respect mm. and fears to some to some degree you know and the rivalry that they had was was very cool and it's it's personified in in the movie 2013 movie rush you know mm. which is which is which is a great movie like speaks about them from where they started out in formula three then they got into formula one and then was this nicky got up was this got won his first championship with ferrari but james was in a smaller team and then james got into mclaren and then the battle and then the final final race of that of that 76 season in japan fuji where it was pouring of rain Nicky Lauda called the meeting with the FIA and the drivers after to, to have it called off but then the drivers were like nah James was also like nah dog if this race is called off you're going to be champion let's race and see what happens yeah, yeah, yeah. they raced midway through the race nothing wrong with his car nothing wrong with him Nicky Lauda pulled up retired off the race was like nah this is my life dog at the end of the day yeah. can't be wasting it for yeah yeah for, for, a for a championship or, and yeah, yeah and then james hunt i think eventually finished fourth uh which led him to win the championship great rivalry mm. second rivalry senna versus prost like it was at its peak when they were both driving for mclaren in the 88 and 89 season mm-hmm. where senna won the 89 um ch- drivers championship and prost won the following year and then yeah. Prost moved to Ferrari like the rivalry continued it's argued it's like it's argued as to be one of the best rivalries in in Formula 1 ever between the two because they were so competitive such good drivers both of them yeah. like Prost wasn't uh, Prost wasn't as like technically gifted as Senna mm. but his his determination and his actual application and everything was 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 high was, i think he's got like three world championships or or more probably but you know like speaks a lot about him if you win one it's, it's something but if you win more than one it's, it's a great thing you know yeah, yeah. third and final rivalry i'm going to speak about is schumacher versus mika Hakkinen. schumacher also big in one like specific period which was like 98 to 2000 mm-hmm. where Schumacher was driving for Ferrari, Mick Hackenen was driving for McLaren and they were at each other's throats, you know. And it was like they made each other so much better because they were competing at such a high level to the point where I think Schumacher broke his leg in the 99 what's this? England the England Grand Prix. Yeah. You know? Um and in that period where he was out like he was off um off driving 
Hakkinen's driving and his performance has actually dipped. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's a, it was a big thing, and it, it was great between rivals. They respected each other like so much, and it's yeah, they're great to sure. former former champions, you know. And then my final moment is the 2008 Brazil Grand Prix. My God. This is when Lewis Hamilton won his first title. title. Uh-huh. But the circumstances of him winning were like mind-boggling. Because it was in Brazil, it rained halfway through, like with, like towards the end, I would say with like 30 minutes till the end of the, of the Grand Prix. And it was like, it was a battle between Felipe Massa and excuse me, Felipe Massa and Lewis Hamilton and it got to a point where when Massa crossed first in what's this the finish line he crossed first. Ferrari were actually celebrating, thinking that he had won. Oh. But for Hamilton <laughs> and surprise, Vettel, surprise. for Hamilton and Vettel to make a final move on um I forgot who but like they passed this guy in the final corner to actually I think Lewis finished fifth in that in, in that in that Grand Prix, thus winning him the title. But um, Ferrari won the um, constructors championship, so that was also a race and a half. It was just like drama, drama, drama. So yeah, that's Formula One. You gonna do boxing? Sure, sure, sure. Let's sure. move on to boxing. Um, my first um, sporting moments for boxing has to be the fight of the century. Um, Pacquiao versus Mayweather. Um, that was a big match in terms of if you look at it from an economical point of view, if you look at how it like gave it brought so much money to mm. the sports as well, and like how much both opponents um, made. Um, Pacquiao came into the for me, guys. Fight me. If you're gonna argue with me, go argue with your ancestors. For me, go argue with a doorknob. <laughs> go argue with a doorknob, dude. You know what I'm saying? For me, Pacquiao won that fight. If you want to dispute that, I don't know. Go dispute it somewhere else. But Pacquiao won that fight. For me. My man's just like here. He's feeling it. He's within. No, for real. <laughs> if you guys, I watched that match. Guys, I watched that match. Pacquiao landed more punches than Mayweather. I kid you not. There was no way that guy won um, via... Was it TKO? Yeah, yeah, I think it was TKO. He won via TKO. Apparently, he had more punches than Pacquiao. In my head, I was like, what? Pacquiao brought that fight. Mayweather was chilling. There was no ways that Mayweather won that fight, guys. No ways. No ways. But yeah, what's yours, my G? Yo, that was that was a bit of a. I thought you were gonna go on for a bit. <laughs> my fight, and I've only got one, is the Rumble in the Jungle. Rumble in the Jungle. George Foreman versus Muhammad Ali, 1974 in the DRC. That fight was just, it was just great. It was just. Cause you know, like the build up, I was I was like reading more on it, you know, and I was talking about like how 
versus Ali was out of boxing for some time because he refused to go fight in the Cold War. Uh-huh. You know about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he refused to go fight in the Cold War. So because like wasn't he uh, an activist as well? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And then, so like he was banned from the sport, so he had recently come in. But in that time, George Foreman was doing the most in boxing. Come rumble in the jumble. My man takes it. I think he take he took it in the. Um, let me just grab my notes quickly. He took it in the eight. Was it? I think it was like the eighth round or something like that. So it was a fucking great fight. I mean, the two like they speak so highly of each other. They like the respect that they have for each other is 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 great. George Foreman has spoken so highly about Muhammad Ali. You know the greatest all of that i mean when you're talking about boxing when you're talking about memorable moments you have to start and you have to speak about the bumble in the jungle you have to speak about muhammad ali yeah 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 um yeah big ups to george foreman and um, muhammad ali may so rest in peace mm. um foreman still speaks of this match till this day because that's how much he respected Muhammad Ali. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Even in the interview him, he always alludes to the fight and says, that has to be the greatest match that I've ever boxed in. Boxed in, yeah. But yeah, um, moving right along, one more. I've got one more, sorry. Okay, sure, sorry. go. Guys, go. Joshua Ruiz. Joshua Ruiz. When they, were, when they were fighting at the MSG and when they were fighting in Dubai. Guys, I won't lie, I'm a Joshua fan. Like I'm an Anthony Joshua fan for days. Why? Okay, why are you a Joshua fan? Because like I feel like Joshua might like can be dusted by the Chipsy King or Wilder. I don't think Joshua's like that. He's got a. I respect. He's, he's, he's technical, but like yeah. his punch is not that great, and he can't take one. With the can't take one, I agree. I saw that with Ruiz. Mm. Um, as much as Joshua had the reach. And Joshua yeah. had the height, you know. Um, I thought he was going to dominate that match. I thought, I thought, you know what, Joshua's going to come in there because he's got the reach. Um, he's going to, he's he's, he's going to annihilate. Um, what's his name, Ruiz? Mm. But we saw something different. Joshua, oh, are you talking about the second time around? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying the oh, first the time, time. Okay, when, when, when he lost. Um, we saw something different. Joshua didn't even use his reach. You know what I'm saying? As much as he did in the first few rounds. It wasn't. It wasn't that big. He didn't have that much of an impact as to he would win. Why he would win the match? Um, Ruiz just came to him um, guns blazing. He came to him by the ribs. He came to him when he exposed his face. He came. Ruiz was just a better fighter that night. I have to. I have to yeah. give it to Ruiz. Ruiz was just the the better fighter that night, and he deserved. He he deserved to win that match. He really did. Um, as much as um, it was a huge up- upset, you have to give um, props to Ruiz. Like Ruiz really, 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 really outdid himself there. Because when he won, he couldn't even believe it, believe it himself. Because mm-hmm. um, he was jumping up and down. You saw that this man put in so much work and he put so much belief in himself that he he he, he himself wasn't even sure that he was going to win the actual fight. But yeah, um, second time around, um, Anthony, Anthony Joshua, um, I 
think he came in with the mindset of I shouldn't underestimate this guy. This guy's actually a good fighter. And when he came through second time around, he knew that he had to beat him. And I think also with us AJ fans, we knew that this guy was sick and tired of um, Ruiz um, busy talking smack about him. But all in all, <laughs> they're both great fighters. Um, they're both excellent fighters. Um, but yeah, Anthony Joshua for me still still does it. Still does it. Um, last but not least, we've got golf. Um, so we started. No, we don't have. It's not last but not least. Yeah, we've got golf. Uh, I've got I've got basketball. Though. I've got some basketball moments. Oh, okay. Yeah, you go. <laughs> no, but you go for golf. Let's go for golf. Golf. golf um, I think we, we both had the same thing for golf. Yes. Golf has to be the masters um win the 2019 masters win by tiger woods yeah um, after he came back um and he showed us why he is who he is and he showed us why he is called um the tiger of the game and tiger woods really came through with a lot of a lot of um after after the, the whole scandal and um of him cheating on his wife came through with a lot of <laughs> is it backlash what is it <laughs> yeah but yeah like i mean a lot of smack and then the injuries as well and then like a lot of things you know it was it was it was a tiger's been through a lot to say the least yeah. you know like yeah. the, the scandal his back injuries like them like constantly like not making him like me able to actually compete at the level that it does what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> so him compete at the level that he does so like i felt like that moment him coming back after so many years winning the masters is probably yeah. arguably one of the greatest golfers of all time it just puts him up there as like a fucking great golfer and it was a great like it was a great moment him actually wearing that jacket it was you, you you rooted for you rooted for Woods. You yeah. rooted for him. You're like you were in his corner and you're like This guy still has to be Go a Tiger. Person. Yeah. Go Tiger. Go, go Tiger. <laughs> go Tiger. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um shit. A beat ballers. I fucked up. <laughs> wow, what happened? <laughs> we're gonna have to switch phones. <laughs> this is bullshit. Because I'm about to that's my phone. Okay. Um with basketball my first moment is what's my first moment my first moment is jordan michael jordan in 98 i'm sorry like excuse me 98 final yeah. when he won his sixth ring his like last shot like in a ball jersey in nba was probably one of the greatest moments of all time you know mm-hmm. like the fact that he like apparently was this let me just find my notes properly so the balls okay this was against utah game six okay um was this in the finals 98 finals so they are three points down balls are three points down with mm-hmm. 40 seconds to go you know and then Jordan hits a layup and then like gets a basket, you know, two points. So now it's what's this? They're one point behind. Um and Utah Jazz have the ball. 
managed to turn it around jordan takes it up and then oh my god sinks the shot to win the sixth ring it's just a it's just an iconic moment within basketball yeah because there's also like he won this he's won his sixth ring like and he had the last shot of the game to win the game it's just like a moment when you're just like goat goat what a legend <laughs> what a fucking legend you know um that's my second moment my second moment is kobe bryant rest in peace oh. rest in peace my brother kobe my nigga i hate it had to be him hey bro kobe bryant dropping 60 points in his final game against utah jazz like to bar out like that like with a 60 pointer mm. oh my god fuck why do you have to go because i don't want to be speaking like of him because he's like he's gone and everything yeah. like that but you know uh, like i mean it is what it is it is, yeah, it is. Yeah. but like yeah i dropped 60 points i mean another iconic moment was when he scored 81 points in one game mm. i think it's i think it was against uh the raptors if i remember correctly from my notes and stuff like that but him dropping 60 points in your final just Im- like imagine buying out maples uh, uh, what's this? is it maple center or staples staples center sorry staples center a staples center final game for the lakers for a team that you've played for your entire career team that you've won championships with like and then you bow out with 60 points hmm. my fuck. kobe my nigga i hate it had to be him really did really hmm. fucking did third and final moment goes to um the 2016 finals the 2016 finals like nba finals eastern conference was won by the Cavs. Mm-hmm. western conference won by golden state they, they go to the nba finals you know first game in um in golden state yeah. okay at the at the at the oracle What's this Golden State win 104-89, take a one down lead. Second game, say at the at the Oracle again, they win two 0 lead. It's tough. It's tough. Deep. Third game, <laughs> it back in back in Cleveland, Cleveland win two one. Fourth game in Cleveland, Golden State win three one. This is game four. Game four, three one, bruv. Game five in was at the Oracle. Cle- was this not Cleveland? Yes, Cleveland win. Cleveland win 112.97. Take it to 2 3 in terms of a score. Fourth game back in Cleveland. Cleveland win 3 3. Take it to game seven. Oh my god. Then to win it at the Oracle, to win it at Golden State. 9389 4 3 at game seven. Apparently, Jordan was on bits. Kyrie <laughs> Irving was on bits. Smith was on bits. Kevin Love was doing the most to come down from 3 1 in finals to take it to game seven and win the championship. That, that's, that's up there. That's
I have to leave it there. You have to leave it there. You have to leave it there. What more can I say? What, more? what can you say, what brother? What can I say? I, t- I can't say more. I can't say more. Just, that's, that's basically it, bro. Yeah, man. Those are my basketball moments. By the way, I'm not like the biggest basketball fan. Started following basketball this season. Um, beginning of the season, chose a team, chose the Rockets. The Rockets are doing well. Small ball, we out here. Small mm. balls and I'm in the league. Mm. <laughs> also, don't come at me for that statement, guys. It's a joke. Can't take a joke. Can't take a joke. <laughs> Not to the <laughs> Not to the <laughs> But yeah, man. Small ball, we out here. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, the Beard, and Brody. Show we out here. Um, what's next? Before we finish up, is it, are we going to do Olympics? Do you want to do Olympics? It's up to you, dog. We are one thirty-eight in. in. Okay, so uh, I will do it anyways because you just mentioned it. Mine as well. Yeah. Um, well, my sporting moments. Can I run through them quickly? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, has to be okay. This is obvious by default. Uh, bolt. Nine, nine point. Nine point five eight. Sure. That's that that sprint. Not you know he did it with his shoelaces untied. You lying. Dead ass. Dead ass. His shoelaces were untied. That day, like, you know, I know, I know this from an interview on Top Gear. He did it with his shoelaces untied, and all he had to eat that day were chicken nuggets. Dead ass. He was in China, he's like, nah. I don't like I'm not gonna eat food that I don't know yeah. or that I'm not familiar with and he knew chicken nuggets so he's like ah I'm gonna have chicken I'm gonna have chicken nuggets I have sushi <laughs> and then when when he there's a, there's a photo of when he crosses the line and I think it's one of his shoes one of his shoes is untied no did you think no look look listen to me it's the final listen to me trust 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 me trust me like a condom my G Listen, 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 listen. All I'm saying, right, is that what if he was running, right? Because personally, I've done athletics myself. Listen to me, listen to me. I've been a sprinter myself. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Move the mic away if you want to shout. I'm sorry, people. Listen, Doug. All I'm saying, right, is that what if, um, because I've been a sprinter myself. myself. I've had spikes before. So, so you, you get, get moments when you run too quick. Okay. You get moments when you run so fast that the lace sort of like, because when you run, so obviously the lace bounces. Mm-hmm. So obviously it gets, it gets caught up by a spike. And that's where it comes like, Okay, wait, let me, can I just explain? But he was running on clay. He's running on clay. Can I explain? I don't think he did it on purpose, okay. or I don't think he knew that his shoelace was untied, or his shoe could have been untied like during the actual, like as he was running or whatever. Okay. But when he crosses the line, there's a photo of him. You look at his shoelaces. It's untied. It's untied. Okay. So part of the, uh, the fact of the matter is he ran with his shoelaces untied. Fact of the day. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's, fine. Yeah. it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Um, but another one is um, the uh, when okay, Casta Semenya, world eight hundred meter champion. Um, she has 
she has been banned due to high testosterone level for me personally i think that's just bullshit because um you get guys like um like you say bolt who are also abnormal if i can put it like that because michael they, phelps they michael phelps have you seen his wingspan his wingspan is like flipping his chest his, his chest like his lung capacity is like it's, it's crazy it's out of this world you, you know what i'm saying and why don't those sportsmen also be taken under like um, consideration no yeah or ban yeah well like being banned as well and taken to high courts in switzerland and flipping having to pay legal fees and all that nonsense Casta Semenya is a woman finishing okay. club Mm. Nothing more, nothing less. She's yes. a female. She has to race with females. Don't tell me she has to go race Libo. I don't know more Bolt and all those guys and more what's his name, um, Tyson Gay and more. Wait for Nikak. Wait, wait for Nikak. What, what bullshit is that? Or take or take, um, Roy, like uh, Roy's that are gonna like stop her from being yeah, a woman exactly. so that she can compete with other women like, what, what nonsense is that fuck her up fuck up because naturally because the iwaf is basically contradicting themselves if they tell her to listen dude um all you have to do is just reduce your testosterone level she's taking a substance that's going to reduce mm. the law book says don't take any substances exactly because, because you get guys that dope and doping is Take bad. Yeah, it's, it's like, like don't do drugs. Guys, drugs don't do basically, basically doping. Okay. What doping is, you take out your white blood cells, you freeze them, come back before the match, a day before the match, take them out, pump them back, pump in. them back in, gives you more oxygen, and you move for quite a long time. You move. You yeah, move. You move. <laughs> um, last but not least, um, wait for Nikak forty three point zero three. Um, winning gold in 2016 Rio um, that was big 400 meters that was big um, if you guys want to watch a documentary which has been out for the past two years now I think um, yeah it has been for the past two years um, it's called 43.03 um, it tells you about Wei Fanikak where he grew up with um, his parents and how he's Danny do you know that Danny? he's a very good coach Mm. Like so mm. some, his his coach is actually a Danny, like a proper proper Danny. Danny like an old an old white lady. Oh oh, yeah. like a Danny Danny. Danny Danny, like a proper Danny, and that's his and that's his coach. But yeah, other than that, Wei Fan Nick did us proud, and we are proud of him. We are proud of him. My sporting moments. Um, I mean, first one, 1936 Berlin Olympics. Owen breaks 100 meter record, also wins long jump and all of all of that bullshit. But like to do it at a at an event in Nazi Germany, like when Hitler was pushing Aryan propaganda, like no, I mean I was pushing weight, boy, I was pushing proper propaganda about Aryan race blue eyes blonde hair yeah all of that bullshit for black men to do that yeah. at those games as an american what was that picture no no that's not the picture just trying to be relevant i'm gonna get to that picture that picture was in the mexican city summer games in summer, 19, yeah. 1968 by tommy smith and john carlos when like when they won the olympics like mm-hmm. when they won their medals on the podium stood up and they were like you oh know word. black power 
you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like they were. Wasn't that the for the civil rights movement? Yeah, they were protesting yeah. against the civil rights movement in America because that was like they were doing a lot in America at that time. You know, Americans and racism. They went through. A, they went through a lot, but we also went through a shitload. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's a famous like even Trump right now. Yeah, he called Corona. What's it, what did he call it? He called it the Chinese virus. Okay, that's fucked up. What? And that he was so like, he was standing by it. Like the reporter was like, I thought you can't be racist like this. You can't call it the Chinese virus. He's like, it's the Chinese virus. It comes from China. Oh my god, this guy. <laughs> Americans, why would they? Why would you employ? Why would you hire a guy like that, guys? Like the fuck. The fuck. That's that's where we are. And then I think because you've also mentioned um, Usain Bolt, I'll mention Michael Phelps in the 2016 Rio Olympics, where he just was out of this world. I mean, 208, he was he was bossing it, breaking records, left, right, and center. Mm. 2012, 2012, he wasn't that great. That's when Charles Leclerc was. Mm. Was it no? No, no. Chad, Chad, Chad the Claw. Chad the Claw. Yeah. Chad the Claw. Formula One is just Formula too One much. people. Too, too much. Yeah, Chad the Claw. So Chad, um, Chad the Claw was doing the most. Yo, Phelps came in. Clapped him. Clapped him. Left, right, and center, boy. Like, clapped him. And I think, I think. Um, but the Claw won the butterfly. When? Twenty sixteen. No, no. In 2012. Yeah, yeah. No, but he won a couple of. Races oh yeah, you well. also won in 2016. No, Phelps won 2016. Phelps. Phelps. But what? What? Clay in 2016. The club. That guy. That guy. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm Then when did Cameron van den Berg win? Uh, van den Berg is butterfly. No, but no. no. Is it medley? Cameron van der Berg, Cameron van der Berg and Chad don't com- like they, they, hardly yeah, compete. They hardly compete, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because yeah. they like they do different things. Yeah. So yeah. But, but butterfly, butterfly is Chad Leclerc because it's a picture of. Oh yes, of, yes, yes, yeah. yes. The, yeah, butterfly is. <laughs> okay, I get. Um, but Chad isn't he breast then? Chad, um, yeah. Cameron. He could be best breast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we idiots. We look so hideous in that. Boy. But we're out here. Yeah, yeah we're out here. Scooby Sco- 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 Doo. But you know, like Michael Phelps, I think he's the most decorated Olympian 100%. In, in recent times. 100%. Or probably ever. You know, the number of gold medals that he has, the number of medals in total that he has is just ridiculous. Yeah, rumor has it that his wife is carrying the son of Poseidon. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because like, I mean, Poseidon, God of Water, man. Right? the sea, boy. eyes ah, out there. Yeah. But yeah, going back to that whole thing, like apparently his lung capacity is like four percent, like great more more than a normal human being, and that helps a lot because he can like go under for longer. For longer, yeah, and he comes up halfway. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just quicker. <laughs> You know, you know these people, white gents. White gents. But yeah, guys, I think that's the end of it. Yeah, I think um, we are at one forty-eight in terms of our recording. Yeah. If you've been this far, hope you enjoyed it. You're We're having fun. Shout out to the people that are on the live. Shout out to the people on the live. That one person. Thank you. You know, we love you. Even if you yeah. came through, by like we out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, hey guys, 
Sorry guys, yeah, no, we back. My mm, co-host, yeah, I just had like a technical difficulty <laughs> to go through. Yeah, yeah, technical difficulties. But yeah, guys, hopefully we can do this thing more often, the live thing. You know, just like snippets so that you guys can actually see us when we record. Um, yeah, be sure to share share the podcast listen enjoy anything else from you your closing words my closing words yes um my closing words oh uh, yeah my closing words is guys everything that we've discussed these are moments that have happened um of course they've happened in the, in the it's, it's non it's it's it's, it's not fiction, fiction. <laughs> it's not fiction um actually um so if you can't relate with anything that we've discussed then you should probably rethink your life but and then, check these moments out yeah, check them out like, because they're really interesting guys because with sports as well it alludes to history as well so like i don't know how many times you've heard us actually alluding to history and how the civil rights movement, how those guys at the Olympics were actually holding up the um, the first, the freedom first, um, in in light of the freedom rights in, in, of the civil rights movement, and yeah, and a lot of stuff that alludes to um, history as well. So yeah, uh, what do you have to say for closing words before I? Close oh, my away? closing words. Thank you for listening to us, guys. I really enjoyed preparing for this episode mostly preparing you know because like i mean yeah. it was it was tough picking most of the moments because like there's so much to pick from yeah that's why with football i was just like i'm just gonna go biased i'm just gonna go with united mm. for instance because i'm a big united fan you know but like with everything it was just moments that you just go back and even when you talk about it or you reminisce or even you watch back those moments they give you goosebumps even when we were speaking about some of those moments that we were like oh you know because like i mean they're just exciting moments and these are one of the best picks of course we didn't get like all of the moments that um the best picks and you may have different moments here and there for whatever sports but like i don't think from like on the general note you generally disagree with what we've come up with you know so i um, hope you did enjoy the episode hope you did enjoy the, the moments and you can actually relate with some of them um when you're listening to this or chatting with your mates and stuff like that because ruin is a thing you know self-isolation social distancing you actually reminisce and do all of that bullshit you can actually go back and be like fuck United had some good fucking moments, you yeah, know. True. Yeah. And I'm just talking about Manchester United Football Club, the greatest football club in the world. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, guys, please hit us up on our socials, which is Twitter, FTS Spot, Sportscast, rather. Um, and my uh, my personal IG handle is mpendulo.busane um, on IG and on Twitter I am mpendulo underscore B and on IG from the stand sportscast yeah follow us on IG follow us on Twitter my Twitter handle for you guys as well on the live is at underscore sandiso za underscore um, that's for Twitter and for Instagram you know uh, we out here like Pepsi said, follow us on Twitter at FTS Sportscast on Instagram at From the Stand. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Such a thing. <laughs> at From the Stand Sportscast. But yeah, guys, um, hope you enjoyed the episode. This was episode two. What's the name of the episode two? 
Nostalgia. What is it? Nostalgia. I hope you enjoyed episode two. This was from the stands, and we are out. Oh shit!